0: with Thanksgiving around the corner, even in the pandemic-restricted way we'll be able to celebrate, most of us will be blessed with a sumptuous meal. At the same time, we are well aware of the appalling number of food insecure within our community and across the country. Food insecurity happens to be one of the most prominent themes in Torah it's part of each of our patriarchs and matriarchs stories we read in the time of abraham vaheira av ba'aretz there was a famine in the land we read in the time of jacob and his 12 sons and one daughter Harav Bahol Haaretz there was a famine throughout the world. For both Abraham and Jacob famine drove them from the land of Canaan, the promised land into Egypt, the breadbasket of the ancient Mesopotamian world. The Hebrew word for Egypt is Mitraim, translated as a narrow place. Doesn't quite seem to fit. Actually, Egypt serves as an expansive place for our biblical ancestors. This is an important part of our story that gets overlooked. Stereotyping or imposing an identity, whether it's upon a country, a people, or a person, doesn't usually serve us well. Pause for a moment to think who is that stereotype? What identity do we intentionally or unintentionally impose upon another. This week's Parashat Parashat Toldot, from which Sophia Fireman will beautifully read tomorrow morning, gives us an often overlooked dimension to the most negatively portrayed of the three patriarchs, Isaac, He is, after all, sandwiched between Abraham and Jacob. Abraham, of course, the first Jew. Abraham, the faith-filled man who heeded God's call to leave his homeland and to go to a place that God would reveal at some point in the future. That place, of course, being the land of Israel. Isaac, Abraham's son, almost sacrificed at the hand of his father. Isaac, who seems to have no agency or voice in his own story. Isaac, the father who is hoodwinked by his youngest son, Jacob, who steals his father's blessing intended for Esau, It's Jacob, whose name is changed to Yisrael, the name of the Jewish people to this day. That's Isaac, the patriarch whose main claim is being Abraham's son and Jacob's father. So here's the overlooked dimension to Isaac that would serve us well to raise up tonight. We read, Vihira of there was a famine in the land. Aside from the previous famine that had occurred in the days of Abraham, God appears to Isaac and says, Do not go down to Egypt, reside in this land. And then I will be with you and bless you, and I will assign all these lands to you and their heirs as numerous as the stars in heaven. The text makes it explicitly clear that Isaac is to make a different decision at a time of famine. Unlike his father Abraham and his son Jacob in the future, Isaac does not leave the homeland in a time of famine. In fact, it is only by staying in Canaan that Isaac, Isaac secures God's blessing of land and peoplehood. Isaac "...remains in a land of famine and sets out to work the parched land. And lo and behold, he becomes a wealthy man with a large household, acquires flocks and herds. We are told that the surrounding people, the Philistines, become jealous of Isaac and the foreigners' success." Their jealousy drives the Philistines to stop up the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of his father Abraham. They filled the wells with dirt and forced Isaac and his family to leave. As the story continues, it looks like Isaac falls back into simply following his father's footsteps. Isaac digs anew the wells of his father stopped up by the Philistines, and he gave them the same names that his father had given them. As soon as the well waters were flowing again, the local herdsmen quarreled with Isaac, saying, The water is ours. Isaac now chooses the name of this well, Essek, because the herdsmen contended with him. Yet instead of continuing to quarrel, Isaac and his household move on. When they dig another well, the locals, again, bitterly dispute who owns that well. So Isaac, again, renames the well Sitna, the word for hatred, just as Isaac had experienced hatred from the local herdsmen. Isaac chose not to quarrel over that well either he moved on and dug anew yet another well. This time, there was no dispute from the local residents. Isaac named this well Rehovot, meaning wide and expansive, saying, now at last the Lord has granted us ample space to thrive On the land. Isaac, in his signature, understated way, characteristic perhaps of being the least distinctive of our patriarchs, but don't be fooled, Isaac leaves his own distinct legacy. While, yes, walking in the footsteps of Abraham and redigging the same wells, Isaac leaves his own imprint. Isaac teaches us how to respond to other people's narrowness, jealousy, and insecurities. Isaac models restraint, not by giving up, but modeling that there is enough to sustain all of us. Isaac teaches us to see abundance where others see scarcity, to lean into vulnerability where others are driven by fear. Isaac knows that contention and hatred are not sustainable. Isaac chooses not to feed the beast of bitterness and insecurity, Isaac has a vision of abundance, not dependent upon living waters flowing all the time. Isaac knows famine and hardship, yet is not defined by it. As we begin Shabbat and look to Thanksgiving next week, we would do well to see our patriarch, Isaac, When faced with hardship and conflict, never give up on seeking out new places to dig wells. And he called it rechovot, expansive, and so may we.
1: Yeah. <speaking in Hebrew> so